Thanks for joining me today on Sleep Solution. We're gonna talk about sleep. How the heck do you sleep at night? So how important is sleep anyway? 70 million Americans have some sort of sleep problem. Even minor sleep issues can rob us of our productivity and enjoyment of life by small degrees which can add up to larger problems down the line. A busy person looks at sleep as a hindrance to success, a luxury to be indulged in on the weekends. But sleep is critical. Sleep is not something to be gotten out of the way like getting gas or stopping at the bank. Without proper sleep, success in life is not only limited, but your happiness and your mental and physical health is in jeopardy too. There are a lot of expensive gadgets, gimmicks in sleep study centers, but the gadgets don't work. And you don't need a sleep study to know if you're perpetually tired and have a sleep problem. What is required is something the specialists call sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene is the set of routines and rituals that train your brain how to sleep properly. The sleep experts, and I'm one of them, know that the only way to overcome sleep issues is to learn how to sleep properly and train your body and mind to do it right. This is easily done and the results are permanent, unlike pricey gadgets that monitor and soothe but offer nothing real or lasting. The LifeMind Sleep Solution provides you with that sleep training and combines it with sessions of hypnotherapy. With proper training and hypnotherapy, you can train your mind and body to sleep correctly. I've personally helped dozens of individuals who were hopeless cases who had tried everything. Please watch and review my hypnotherapy video and materials to know how safe and effective it is. You can even try it right now for free. Knowledge is power. When you know how something works and why, you're in a position to manage and control it rather than being controlled by it. Until now, your sleep issues have been a mystery to you, making it impossible for you to figure out how to beat it. Well, your sleep issues better get their bags packed because I'm about to expose all its secrets to you so you are the one in control. Now you may ask yourself, how is this guy going to figure my sleep issues when we've not even met? <laughs> I respect that question, but as much as we like to think our particular problems are unique, many challenges work on a set of principles, and sleep is one of them. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> when we're actually asleep, how different are we anyway? As different as we all are, we all have two eyes that need to close and a brain that needs to shut down when we sleep. That is what sleep is, when your brain and mind go dormant. They still exist and function, just not on a conscious level. The subconscious keeps working, but the conscious needs to power down so it doesn't overload. What does it overload on? Message units. Message units. Let me explain. This is the term used for the data and information we process. From the ideas and words I'm sharing with you, to the sounds you hear from around you, to the grumbles in your stomach and the little worries and concerns in your life, to the fun and wonderful things you can anticipate and be anxious for. All these bits of data are message units. And your brain has a limited amount of storage space for message units. So when it's full, it needs to shut off. And yes, your brain powers down by going dormant or asleep. Once your mind is asleep, it can sort and sift through all the clutter. And it can sort. <laughs> Once your mind is asleep, it can sort and sift through all the cluttering message units and dump some out to make room for more. That's what dreams are for. Dreams are a venting process. In my next sleep solution blog post, in my next sleep solution, in my next sleep solution blog, I'm going, 
In my next sleep solution post, I'm going to And now I'm going to explain to you why dreaming is so important and how to do it properly. Dreaming. What are dreams? Dreams are a venting process. When you're asleep, your subconscious takes those messages. When you're asleep, your subconscious takes all those message units in your head and slaps them together like Tinker Toy building blocks and vents them out in the form of dreams. That's why your dreams are mostly nonsense they're mostly just random images and thoughts that you accumulate in your waking hours. Most of them have no relevant use. This clutters like a room of fog so your mind needs to open a window to vent it all out and that venting window is your dreaming. Yeah sure there are a few dreams that have meaning to them but very few and rare and we don't have to worry about those because your mind knows what to hold on to and what to get rid of. It knows what to vent out and what to keep. The bottom line is this if you don't sleep, your mind gets overly full of messages and then you can't think right. It's like this. Let's say that your mind has a message unit storage capacity of 10 million message units. While this sounds like a lot, it isn't. Absolutely everything you experience during your wakeful time is a separate message unit, even the things you're not consciously aware of. An itch on your finger, a dog barking outside, those might be a couple of thousand message units. Now, your TV remote not working, a problem with your laptop, a misunderstanding at work or at home, those may be a few million message units. Each. I don't know what your message unit capacity is and you, need, and you don't either and it is different for everyone but the consequence of being too full is the same for us all. We need to power down and sleep so we can rest, recharge and vent out message units so we can make room for more. If you're full, you lose the ability to think and feel properly. When we are asleep, deprived, our emotions are raw. We are very sensitive, easily upset, and even angry or overly sad. We begin to think without feeling. We begin to think with our feelings much more than our intellect. And in order to function well in life, we need to think with both, not just one or the other. I don't want all my actions and decisions to be made on pure emotions. But neither do I want all my actions to be made on pure intellect. I'm not a robot. I want a good blend of both and whichever one we're strong in is the first thing to go when we're tired. If you're good with your emotions, they're gone when you're tired. So when you're good with your thinking, it's gone when you're tired. When sleep deprived, you're walking through life with one arm and one leg tied to each other. And when we're sleep deprived and when sleep deprivation accumulates, it's like having them cut off and being blind too. You're going to run into sharp objects that are easy to miss. What is the most common sleep problem? Anxiety is the most common sleep issue. Most common sleep issue? Anxiety. So far we've explored message units and the importance of dreaming. Dream quantity and quality are both important and my sleep solution solves both. With the proper sleep training, hygiene and dreaming we will get the rest we need to function great. Your sleep solution is guaranteed to work and almost everyone experiences very noticeable sleep improvement after the very first session. And the very first session is free. Sleep solution. Okay, now back to this post. We're going to talk about the most common sleep issue and or, and or sleep disorder cause, anxiety. The flip side of this is depression. Stress and sorrow, concern and worry. These are the seeming root cause of issues. But I got alarming news for you. Over 80% of 
Over 80% of the people who seek me out for stress and depression are helped with sleep training. The common belief is that stress and sadness cause sleep issues. But we're going to flip that on its ear. It is usually the reverse. Sleep issues are causing the anxiety and depression. When you don't sleep well, your emotions are raw and your ability to reason, think and feel sensibly are severely compromised. Everything we do becomes less effective because it's like we've got one hand tied behind our backs. I meet people all the time that believe they only need four to five hours of I meet people all the time that believe they only need four to five hours of sleep. No, most people do not need eight. I don't. But I've yet to meet another but I've yet to meet anyone who functions at full capacity on less than six. And I've met a lot of people. If you think you're fine with less and do all right, then imagine, no, fantasize how much more you do and better with six or seven. Anxiety and stress and depression do cause sleep defects. But if we approach it from the back door, treating sleep first, we get amazing results. Life anxieties quickly dissolve into sleep anxieties. We begin to worry so much about not sleeping that is this we begin to worry so much about not sleeping that it is this worry that ends up keeping us awake. And the more you try not to think about it, the more you do think about it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when you're trying not to think about sleep, you are thinking about sleep by trying not to think about it. No, no, no and no. Trying not to think about it doesn't work and it makes it exponentially worse. So let's fix that with an exercise that's going to change your sleep issues tonight. Uh-oh, we're out of time on this one today. No worry, the next session is going to begin with this fun and helpful exercise to get some sleep improvement results right away. All right, let me give you a little bit of an example. A very common scenario that I work with is all age groups, but lately, one that kind of stands out is the 20-somethings that do a lot of gaming. Gaming is a fun hobby to have. However, it's also very stressful. So, in its own way, it ramps up and amps up our adrenaline, just like physical activity does. So I'm going to line these two things together, exercise and gaming and work. I'm going to line a lot of these things together. What we want to do is power our brain down. So I'm going to give you these examples. What I'm saying is that executives, kids that game, people with all this stress that come to me because of all this stress, when I'm able to help them and to train and sleep properly, the stress and depression starts to go away because it's not that their circumstances, their activities and hobbies such as gaming or work stress or family issues or concerns go away. It's that when they start to sleep better in spite of those things, they're in a position to manage them with more reasonability, to compartmentalize, to prioritize to think more effectively. Again, I'll remind you that alarming statistic, 82% of people that seek me out, that seek anybody out with anxiety, depression, 
issues that's affecting their sleep, which it inevitably will. It's resolved by solving the sleep issues. So it's kind of counterintuitive from the back end. Instead of approaching the anxiety depression issues, we approach the sleep issues. Now again, this doesn't mean that we don't want to address the factors of our lives that are causing anxiety and depression. But let's be real about it. We can't eliminate those things. We're human beings. Unless you're going to live in a cave, anxiety and stress and some depression and sorrow is a part of life. We're human beings. And if we're going to interact with the world and pursue stability, security, comfort, enjoyment, love, health, going to pursue these things, well then we're going to have stress and we're going to have disappointment and depression when we don't when we don't attain them. We're not getting enough. That's the consequence. So we can either go live in that cave or we can accept this feature of life. I'm not trying to eliminate my stress. I'm not trying to eliminate the areas of my life or the things in my life that cause me concern or some sorrow because everything in good in life take, takes risk and commitment and involvement. If I'm going to be involved with people, I'm going to run the risk of being disappointed and also experiencing sadness when they hurt or when they're unhappy, and especially if they're unhappy with me. If I'm going to work, especially in my line of work where I'm trying to help people, then it's going to affect me. So we've got, we've got to make that choice to be human beings or be animals. Animals have stress too. As human beings, we have to accept that stress and sorrow is a feature of our living, feature of existence. If we're living and we're interacting with the world and we're engaging with our lives, we're going to have some stress and we're going to have some depression. Managing sleep through training and hygiene, and hopefully with some hypnotherapy too, can put us in position to manage, compartmentalize, to have the perspective that we require to be able to process these things maturely and sensibly and proportionally. If I'm stressed out over a job interview, well, that's normal. When I woke up in a hospital, because I'd been killed in the street, brought back to life, and I was expressing that I was a bit depressed to the hospital staff, and they asked me if I wanted antidepressants. And I could barely speak, but I remember thinking and trying to say, why? Is it gonna make me forget that I was hit in the face by a truck in the street and killed? And then my life may be over? Because if I think I'm having a normal reaction to my circumstances. We can't solve all the features and circumstances of life that cause us stress and anxiety and sorrow. What we can do is continue to enhance our living experience on a personal level that will help us manage it sensibly, reasonably, and have our emotions in our control. I don't mean in control like not having any. I mean the right emotions in the right proportion for the right circumstance. That's what I mean, the right emotion in the right proportion for the right circumstances. I don't want to flip out on traffic. I want to get upset because it bugs, because it pisses me off. 
but I don't want to flip out. I want to have the right emotion, which is frustration in traffic, in the right proportion, which is moderate, depending on the traffic, for the right circumstance. And I also want to be able to have it go when the situation is over, not carry over. And this is what sleep allows us to do. It allows us to have perspective over our circumstances and allows us to compartmentalize and then it allows us to let it go. So when the traffic is done, when I get out of the car, after being on the four or five freeway, I'm good. I, give me a few minutes, I'll wind down and I'm, and I'm comfortable again. I'm happy, I'm fine. Because I can experience those emotions and then I can let them go because I'm well rested. My brain and mind is functioning at full capacity because it is properly rested, properly fed, it has the things that it requires to be able to function at its full capacity. Sleep, nutrition, exercise, etc., etc. Wellness. The critical one is sleep. Yes, exercise, diet, all those things are very critical as well. But without proper sleep, we have access to none of those things. With proper sleep, we have access to all of those things. So first, let's deal with sleep. Let's put that in the priority that it needs to be, which is right at the top. Until you are well rested, you can't solve any of your freaking problems. You can't solve the things that are causing you stress and fear because you're not well rested, because you can't, you can't think properly. Once you are well rested, you can begin to solve these issues. And so the ones you can't, it's because they can't be solved. I mean, Again, when they're in the hospital telling me that I was hit by a truck in the face and killed, I'm thinking to myself, well, there's 30 seconds I'll never get back telling me that. I mean, I don't want to hear what happened. I want to hear what to do about it. I don't have time to think about why it is that way. I can't change that. So it was a good fact to hear. I needed to know it, I guess, but I needed to shift directly to what to do about it. We cannot eliminate the features of life that cause fear and stress and worry and concern and sadness. We can't, we can't remove those. What we can do is put ourselves in a position to manage them and stabilize them and minimize them and coexist with them. That's the most critical part is to be able to coexist with them. I'll become a three-time medical miracle. They don't know how, after studying me for three days, Chief of Brain Neurology, UCLA, does not know how I am functioning. I'm supposed to be bedridden for the rest of my life and vegetative. I'm far from it. And they just don't know how. And I don't really know either, other than I just keep moving forward. I just keep trying to do what I can. I can't change what happened. I can't change my circumstance. I cannot change the fact that I had severe brain trauma and the fact that I had severe brain damage. And yet I have changed it because I've compartmentalized and I've done all that I can. I address it with lucidity, with cognizance, with effective reasoning. I do the best I can with the, the circumstances that I have. The cards you've been dealt. So don't try to eliminate all the stressful factors in your life. Get rest. Rest your mind. Rest your body. Put yourself in a position to be able to solve those things and compartmentalize them. To have perspective that allows you to coexist with them.
Be well.